the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, from our Northern Command Studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And we are back, Lifeline, with Pastor Phil Howard, Truth For Today edition. Good to have you along with us tonight. Trust you're being encouraged a bit as we discuss these one another's and how we encourage one another and bear with one another and care for one another. All of these one another's, we're trying to address them along with the foundation of what makes this all possible. Because in and of our own strength, A, we wouldn't have the desire, and B, we wouldn't have the strength. And C, we'd just fail miserably. <laughs> I mean, there's times we do, even in the best of days. But it is something that Christ has called us to. It is something our elder brother has said, look, I've, I've, I've given you the example. I've given you the illustration. Read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You'll see it all. It's all right there. So with that in mind, the, the one area, Phil, that has always challenged me, because I see so few people actually doing it, Yes. Uh, to, to the point that it is something that I do my best to try and do. Uh, so I, I'm rather overt in it. It's not something that just happens by osmosis. But I do work on it because I know it's, it's such a rarity. And that is encouraging one another. Mm-hmm. We're great at, at, at challenging, great at criticizing. And boy, I tell you what, just look at the current political cycle and you, you're not going to see any encouragement. It's just going to be attack and challenge, attack and challenge. Attack and challenge. But to be able to encourage someone and even a step further, and I'll let you address that and then this one as well. Encourage somebody. I mean, we are called to love one another. Well, what does that look like? Have you? When was the last time you encouraged your enemy? Ooh. When was the last time you found something worth encouraging? And going, you know, I, I may disagree with a lot of things, but on this point, man, you are brilliant. How do, that's just hard to do, isn't it? Well, you, you want to be different than that boy said he was 10 years old before he found out his name was not stupid. <laughs> He right. never, never got a, a positive word. And I think of two levels of encouragement. Here the Hebrew uh, believers being tempted to go back because they were ostracized from their community, lost their jobs, uh, could lose their life, and put out of the covenant people of Israel. And he says corporately, come together uh, so that the church can take an offering. No, no. He said, come together. Let us consider how we can stir up one another to love and good works. And then he goes on to say, uh, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. You can watch all the TV you want and TV church, as it were, and never personally be encouraged. Because he says in Hebrews 3, 
writes to them. He says in verse 12, Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort or encourage one another every day. Notice that. As long as it is called today that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. So you see, corporately when we meet, there must be an element of encouragement. And here the personal agenda daily of encouraging one another. I grew up uh, with a old-fashioned kind of uh, Christian dad that he told me when I first got saved, never go to church without a verse to encourage the saints because we had open testimonies in those days and they were abused at times. But many times the testimony and the prayer meeting time, you would get as much or more encouragement than the sermon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that personal touch, I had a evangelist uh, said to the congregation, this young man that just gave his testimony, the hand of God is upon him. It's obvious that God is going to use him. Clung to that for the rest of my life. Mm. You mean, and I heard it in a church of no more than 100 people. Yeah. And uh, different personal words. Because uh, my love language is language words. Mm-hmm. And one word can do me good for a month. <laughs> you know, and uh, maybe the hardest thing to live with has been criticism. Because I thought everybody would like me because I had no agenda against them. Right. And if you want to do them, you surely you wouldn't be against me. Yeah. You know. Oh. And so I think incur- you, you remember that wonderful hymn that says uh Come to our church where seldom is heard an encouraging word. <laughs> not not quite. Or the other famous one, that to, to dwell above with saints we love, well, that will be glory. But to dwell below with saints we know, well, that's another story. And so... Uh, If you're the critic, we talk about how can we evangelize our neighborhood. It'd be wonderful if it got out. If you go to that place, you'll be encouraged. Hmm. If you go to that place, you'll get the strength to go on. And sometimes uh, we've said it to our own disgrace. No, they're, they're always fussing. They're always voting out a pastor. They're always fussing about something. And when the world is on fire, in need of Christ, and uh, I thought gospel meant good news. Right. So is the church being filled with good news, or are we disharmonious? Right. Well, and, uh, you know... So much can be said on this issue of encouraging one another. Uh, it, it, in my mind, I think it should start at home with our kids. Um, practice, practice on your children. Mm-hmm. I think you're gonna you're gonna find it easier to encourage somebody else as you find ways to encourage your children, uh, and it, it won't go unanswered. I promise you. And then from a personal note. And, and I'll let you talk to this. You, you may disagree with me. I don't know. From a pastoral perspective, uh, we're, we're wrapping up 
Pastor Appreciation Month. And, you know, yeah, I love chocolate as much as the next guy. Yeah, you want to bring me some chocolate and a nice uh, card? I'll, I'll take it. Thank you very much. Um, but at the end of the day, if you want to encourage your pastor, especially on Pastor Appreciation Month, I mean, in fact, let me, let me put my peepers on because I want to make sure I get it right. I, I'm pretty sure I know it by heart, but it's always good to just review it just to make sure. John 3. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. You can give me a weekend with my wife. You can give me this and you can give me that. But you know what? From a pastoral perspective, if you're following hard after Christ, mm. I, th- that there's nothing more on this planet that's going to encourage me mm. Mm. than to know that those that God has given us charge over mm. are following hard after Christ. You want to encourage somebody? Start being obedient to the Lord. Mm, mm. Live for Him. I, I I cannot tell you how much that will encourage. Uh, if, if he if your pastor is is one called by the Great Shepherd, I guarantee he's going to have the same heart as John, as myself, and as any other pastor. That is what we live for. That is, isn't, is it not? Is it not? And isn't that what he said in First Thessalonians when he's talking about the church? Yeah. And he says, encourage them. And verse uh, 11, he said, therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Yeah. And here he said, then he tells you, you know, to be responsible. It's why it's so hard to find leadership many times yeah. uh, in good works, in, in good churches, because uh, it could be an unappreciated job, the, the uh, drawing the arrow of criticism. No, uh, we need to hold each other's hands up. Let the drooping hands lift them up in the knees that are weak. Uh, oh, we need a good word. We need to... Uh, Christian did travel with hope. He did. And when they were in prison, yes. they were able to get out on promises. You don't have to flatter me. No. Quote me the promises of God. The promises... Uh, flattery will not encourage me. No, no, that's not what we're talking about. No. And good encouragement is never flattery. No. It no. isn't. Well, we have to take another time out. When we come back, we'll deal with uh, bear with one another and care for one another. Uh, We've got a couple of guests that will be joining us, and uh, we'll give you some great insight, A, on how to bear with one another and care for one another. But also, especially if you find yourself in a situation where you've got a special needs child and you're getting older and it's getting harder to uh, work with that child on a daily basis, and what happens when you're gone? Who's going to care for that child? We'll talk about that on the other side of this break. And now, from our Northern Command Studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. We're back, Lifeline. It's uh, the Truth For Today edition with Pastor Phil Howard, myself, Andy Froyland. And we've been talking about the one another's here on tonight's program. And uh, the fact that uh, we are to be about other people's business. You know, uh, we're not to take the the road that uh, Cain took. Am I my brother's keeper and somehow mean it? Yes, 
we are. If we are believers in Christ, we are our brother's keeper. And along those lines, we've got a couple of verses, Phil. One, bear one another. Uh, we are to care for one another. And that's going to lead into where we're going to go from here with our guests tonight. So uh, give us the verse, and I'll let you introduce our guests. Sure will. Galatians, um, I'll pick up verse 1, 6, chapter. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should call the elders. No, no. If you're spiritual, you have the ability to restore them in a spirit of gentleness. You're not forming a stoning party. You're forming a healing party. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. It's quite interesting that Ephesians 4 says, bear with one another, and it seems to be the irritants of uh, human relationships that uh, uh, they may have a view, they may have a background that irritates or that you're not familiar with. But this is total different bear one another. On down in the passage, he says, bear one another's burdens. Then every man must bear his own burden. I looked that up in the Greek that bear the burden was used of a soldier's pack. Right. Every soldier's got to have his own pack. But this is talking about people with heaviness, the load is too heavy, the log is too heavy, and they need assistance. And he says, in the body of Christ, even when we deal with sin, when we deal with someone overcome, we're not there to stone them. We're there to help them. And I think it, it takes in life, uh, no matter where they are in life, we ought to be a restoring community, a helping community. Uh, we don't curse the darkness. We light a match. Right. And so that uh, bearing one another's burdens, uh, think of church life. Uh, I think uh, when I was uh, dating my wife, her, her family was going through a divorce due to drunkenness and unfaithfulness. And uh, in my day, we didn't run to counselors. We, we weren't that sophisticated. We didn't have money to do it anyway. But we sure did have after-service prayer meetings. Yes. And she survived on that as saints encouraged her, prayed with her. Uh, we bear one another's burdens. And I think of uh, our guest today, Bill and Lynette, uh, and they wonderful people, part, pastored for years in Pleasant Hill, known by many people, pastored Parkside Assembly. And uh, I talked to Bill before he retired, and he had this dream and had this vision. Someday I would like to get a home. I would like to help uh, parents help their children maybe having different uh, challenges in life. And so out of that, I met Bill Matthews, and he shared it. And we both retired. He went on, and now he's in Kingsburg, California, outside of Fresno. And uh, <clears throat> we wanted to have him on the program today to tell of the unique way 
they are trying to help not only children but parents find a place for a caring community bearing one another's burdens and we want them today to be able to share that dream and how God has just done some marvelous things to bring it about with that um, hi guys and welcome to uh, welcome to Lifeline uh, it's it's good to have you guys with us here tonight and I, I as Phil was telling me a bit about you guys because you're you man you're running around you just got into town so um, I, I've, I've been listening to Pastor Phil and what he's had to say about Safe Harbor I, I am fascinated by this ministry that Christ has brought you into after the pulpit uh, number one, I don't think we retire. I don't see it in Scripture that right. that word's non-existent. <laughs> but number two, I, I, I I've seen that this in so many pastors over the years. Uh, I, I I think of uh, Don Sheely over at Church of the Highlands, man. Uh, he's on his way to China when he gets stopped and starts a church right there. Church of the Highlands gets started. And the minute he he retires, he says, thanks for the retirement party, fellas. We're off to Papua New Guinea. There's a missionary spot that we need. And him and his wife, off they go. You know, you, you get to pick up with what you love and what's always been on your heart. And I, I got to think this is, this is not just an overnight, oh, why don't we try this? What is the story behind Safe Harbor and God directing you to do this? Well, it's kind of yes and no on what you just said. We have a son who has special needs. He's now 39 years old, and he doesn't speak. He doesn't hear. He's lost his ability to walk. So we were privileged through the years that we were pastoring to to uh, have in our home uh, I, I, both a child and then he became an adult with special needs. Uh, when we stepped down from pastoring, we really didn't have any idea what we were going to do, but we were very much aware of the needs that we were experiencing as a family, right. namely, how long can we care for Kevin? How long are we going to have the strength to do that? Plus, we had seen others in our church who were in exactly the same place where they were getting older and they had heavy responsibilities. But the big responsibility was taking care of their son or daughter with special needs. So when we stepped down from pastoring, actually God surprised us. We had no plans that we were going to do what we're doing now. But he impressed upon us that he wanted us to develop homes for adults with special needs. Who better to do that than someone who had experienced that? And our concern was for both the people with special needs because they they are the most needy of people yeah. they uh, financially totally poor and and they have in most cases they have no responsibility be, uh, they, they, was, they were not responsible for how they became that way, and they have no ability to handle situations. And so for them, we saw, man, and we saw it in our son. He, he needed really uh, great care. Plus, we saw the parents. We were the parents, and yeah. we saw, and this is a difficult situation to be in because there doesn't seem to be a lot of options out there. And so God said, you and, and Lynette, you give your lives 
to developing homes for adults with special needs. I was 67 at the time, wasn't looking for another <laughs> career, or, <laughs> but, but God knows, and, and he's allowed us to begin this first home in Kingsburg, uh, and it's, it's an incredible home. It's for people with developmental delays, and, and also that involves physical delays, but it's, uh, it's a home of 8,000 square feet. Wow. And it's on 4.8 acres. God had given us the dream to to do it on a farm setting so that our residents could continue to learn, continue to grow, work with animals. There's a lot of therapy connected with that. And, and God has been so incredibly gracious to provide for this ministry. And it's just been exciting both to see that happen and... And uh, and for us personally, and I know Lynette has had, uh, uh, you know, just a, we're a team in this. Yeah, We've always right. been a team, but uh, it's been exciting for us to do this. Well, that man, th- th- this is. I hope we've got enough time to fit enough in here. We're, got, we're probably going to have to have you back, I guess. Uh, so much, uh, so many questions just pop as I listen to you talking about this, and I imagine there's a listener or two who's got a pen and pencil handy. Uh, keep it right there. We will give you the classic information that you need for all of this. In the meantime, we, we do need to take a quick time out, but when we come back, Bill and Lynette will continue our conversation about Safe Harbor Homes and Services, and uh, just living out the one and others and caring for one another and bearing for one another. It's Lifeline, the Truth For Today edition with Pastor Phil Howard. We will be back. And now from our Northern Command Studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And we are back. It's Lifeline with Pastor Phil Howard, our fourth Friday evening and a chance to sit and spend some time with you. We've been talking about the one another's and just how we serve one another and how we live a selfless life to the glory of Christ, using him as as our example. And as an illustration of all this, it's it's a real joy to have with us tonight Bill and Lynette uh, Matthews, who head up the Safe Harbor, uh, and it's homes and and, uh, services, homes, and services. Uh, first off, you uh, you kind of answered one question I had. This is an eight thousand uh, square foot facility. Mm-hmm. How many how many people can you accommodate in? Well, this home? right now we're licensed for six on the lower floor, and uh, we just received our use permit to expand our upper floor. There's a large room in the upper floor. We could put six more bedrooms there. Wow. And we also have uh, the permit allows us to build three more homes on the property. Oh, nice. As well as uh, as well as to develop a a farm day program for adults with special needs, both the ones that would be our residents and others in the community. So. Uh, when we started, we didn't know it was going to be this, but, but God has opened the door for us to to really provide the kind of care for 
adults with special needs so that they they're not just being kept safe and and have food but they can grow into everything that christ created them to be uh you you never stop right we never stop growing in in our lives hopefully and uh people with special needs have the same kinds of aspirations they 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 want purpose they they want to be affirmed they 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 want to get things done in their life and Though it may not be at the level we would <clears throat> right. think it's a great accomplishment, but, but they, they did right. some incredible That's thing. right. It's amazing that they all get a big kick out of when they learn to do something new. Now, our son takes a long time to learn something. When we had him at home, he learned to turn off the lights when we left the room. And why? how did he learn that? Because he saw us do it over and over again. So he's a great... He conserves our electricity at Safe Harbor because he's always turning off those lights. But he's learned other things. And he is pleased with himself, just like we are. When we learn something, when we picked up a challenge and, and we feel that sense of accomplishment, it really makes us feel good. Yeah. And that they're the same way. Man, you know, I, I don't know about you, Phil, but I listen to these guys talk about this, and we've just gotten into it, and there's so much more. But um, my questions start leaning towards the families of these uh, special needs uh, uh, young adults and old adults. Um, I think of you guys as well. Um, do you guys uh, help out with families or is this the last place they come to once somebody can no longer take care of them how do you incorporate their families of these special needs people uh, in your ministry we we're not we don't pursue it but people are hearing about us and probably uh, once once every week or two an, another person will want to come a parent will have heard about safe harbor and they're thinking well maybe my son or daughter could live there when they uh, unlike a lot of places we don't see ourselves taking the place of the parent right but we want to assist them we're, we're like their assistant and so when they are at the home if a parent is there i mean they, they have they're just like Fitting in, right? You know, they, they are they are the ones that we're watching, and and they we 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 have that as a value of ours. We we don't want to remove them from their parents, but you know, there are there's like uh, in the United States, there's a million families that have adults with special needs living at home, and who are living with aging caregivers. And underline right. that aging yeah. caregivers yeah. and. And the, the, the kicker in that is that two-thirds of those families have no plan of what they're going to do if, if one of them would have an accident or one of them were to die or, or whatever. And part of the reason is it's so difficult to part with your son or daughter, to entrust them to uh, some uh, home or whatever. Right. And when they find one, I mean, it's like... This is the greatest thing ever, you know. They find uh, a place where their son or daughter is going to be treated with dignity and loved and cared. It just means so yes. much to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Any, uh, any restrictions on length of time? Do you guys do short-term respite, long-term respite? What's the, what kind of plans are available from uh, Safe Harbor? 
Well, what we envisioned is that this would become their home. Okay. I I can't say it's their forever home because certain circumstances can play into the fact that that maybe they would uh, need access to another type of facility, like a health type facility. Right. We don't do the um, we don't take the vulnerable. Um, that have a me- medical, medically fragile, a serious yeah. medically fragile. You yeah. got that right, and uh, so we. Um, but it's it's. Uh, um, yeah, it is. It's a it's a home. You never know where God's going to lead because there are other places that will provide temporary respite. At this point, our heart is to provide a, a, a residential family-style, Christian family-style home for adults with special needs. And and there are so many of them that are right. in need of, of that. Our residents are um, really happy. Uh, and that one compliment that came to us that we'll be happy to share because we give everything to the glory of God for everything, for everything, um, but we had a, a couple come into the into a, into the res, into the home. It was they were going to be interviewed for something else related to the home, but they weren't going to be necessarily one on one caregivers. Right. We call them ability coaches, though, not caregivers. Okay. We want them to exceed and be to to just really grow, like Bill had mentioned. But this one family, this one couple came in. I think she was depressed. His wife was depressed. He was very up and raring to go. He'd, he'd been in ministry. They had just left their church. He mm-hmm. was on staff. They're from Kingsburg. And they came over for an interview for some other position. And so we were talking and so forth. And I noticed... I think women maybe have that sixth sense. I noticed that she wasn't entering in. Right. She wasn't curious. She didn't ask any questions. She's about being the drug home. along. Right. Yeah. She was there to be a supportive to her husband. Yeah. Which is a good idea. But anyway, when they were as they were leave, leaving, I kind of left a little bit earlier than Bill did, and as she was leaving the house, this quiet girl that had been was really kind of sad which was we felt bad about that but um he heard her say she said you know i've been to a lot of group homes and there's usually sort of a cloud over them you know it can be kind of depressing and uh, but she said, you know, this is a happy place. And we were so thrilled because that's exactly what, that's what we want. we've wanted yeah. God to make Safe Harbor be. A happy place for the residents, happy place for their parents. It isn't always every moment that way, but uh, that's our that's that's what God wants for. for well, neither is your home always happy. Oh, well, ours is right. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 neighbor Tim. No, 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 no. All right, we've got to take another time out. But when we get back, as we close out the program tonight. Um, how folks can get in, get, get in touch with you. Uh, and uh, also, I, obviously, you did this because you understood your age and your child. So what's in place for when you are gone? Now it's not just a child, but it's 
safe harbor. <laughs> so let's talk about that on the other side of the break. We're uh, we're spending some time with Bill and Lynette Matthews from Safe Harbor Homes and Services down in Kingsburg, uh, a, a wonderful ministry to special needs adults, as, especially getting into later life. And we'll be back with our Truth For Today edition, Pastor Phil Howard, uh, here on Lifeline. And now, from our Northern Command Studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And we are back. Lifeline, Pastor Phil Howard, our Truth For Today edition. And our guests tonight, Bill and Lynette Matthews, they head up Safe Harbor Homes and Services, dealing with special needs. Uh, and, and again, as you kind of mentioned earlier, Lynette, um, the medically fragile, not so much. And, and I was, as I was thinking about how you staff this, uh, facility. Um, obviously, then, of course, as you mentioned, medically fragile is not really a part of the program. Uh, so, so then, how do you staff this place? And is, is it is, is it guys like you, um, retired ministry? Uh, do you have paid positions? What what kind of staffing goes into this thing? Absolutely, we have fourteen uh, people on our staff. We have an administrator and a house manager and. And uh, as Lynette mentioned earlier, uh, we have people that we call ability coaches because they're right. working with our residents to, to uh, up the level of their abilities in their life. So, And they're all paid. Uh, most of them are uh, full-time, and there are some part-time people. Uh, so uh, it, it, part of what we do is we are uh, sharing the vision of Safe Harbor and and uh, uh, giving people opportunity to share financially. We're not receiving, we're not taking state funds, but uh, trusting God to, uh, to raise up people who have a heart for people with special needs and want to partner in something that's really special and, and really, really, uh, really something that God has created. Right. I just want to say real quick that it is a licensed facility, a state licensed facility, even though we're not taking funds from the regional center, which provides the funds. And that was going to be my next question. I'm glad you brought it up with with the unique uh, dynamic you've got there. Uh, there. There has to be some kind of state licensing for this. So how do you keep that separate from the nonprofit? Well, we the state licensing, uh, and it's it's a very good thing. Uh, has standards. For example, the water temperatures can only be so right. high, or if there's a fireplace, you have to have safety. So it's it's mainly safety procedures and making sure, like medications that are are handled properly. Right. Uh, so we're happy to comply with those types of, of uh, regulations because they're they're good for our our residents and uh, but um, it's not that hasn't been a conflict whatever right however when you do receive state funding then there can be some limitations we are we are a Christian ministry right uh, dedicated to helping people become disciples people, both family and our residents to become disciples and uh, if we don't do that then there's no reason to exist before we go further because I want to get this out a couple of times we should have done this earlier what uh, what's the website how can folks get in touch with it's www.safeharborhas.org okay safeharbor h a s homes and services.org right. 
And the phone number? It's 925-395-1998. And if you can't reach him because he is on the phone a lot doing the Lord's business. I wasn't going to say anything about the cauliflower ear, but... No. <laughs> Let's see, honey. Do yeah. you have a cauliflower? <laughs> My but, wife accuses me of cauliflower. Give, I'll give my number too because um, I'm involved, yeah, and I yeah, can answer yeah. certain questions. And what I can't answer, I just would refer to him. Right. But um, my phone number is um, area code nine two five. Right. Three nine five nineteen ninety seven. That was an okay year. It wasn't the best, but we'll take 1997. And we'll have this information again here in just a moment or two. I I did have a question, though. Um, Obviously, you you set this up because you knew that you weren't getting any younger and somebody needed to take care of Kevin. You needed to put something in place for your son. Uh, Kevin or Keith? Kevin. 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 That's why. Okay. But that wasn't. That wasn't why we were called. No, understood. There was a po- uh, at one point there was a chance. In fact, we were told early on that Kevin would not be able to live in the safe harbor home that we were providing. Wow! Conflict of interest. He was the chairman. He's the, we're the founders, but he's the chairman of the board. Right. And the state would not let Kevin be in the home where he because he was a chairman. But God worked a miracle. We'll go into it maybe at another time. We'll have to have you but back. God See, worked, now we have to have him back, right, Phil? God worked a miracle. Yeah. And it was just, it, it just blowed our minds away how God provided for Kevin mm. so he can be in the home. Yeah. It's an arrangement that we he never thought. We never thought of it. It was never given to us until right at the last minute. Wow. And um, so we just praise God the way he provided for Kevin. But had we not been able to have Kevin in the home, it wouldn't have changed our mission. Right. We okay. still decided God would take care of Kevin yeah. in his uh, in maybe a different situation, but we were called to provide this for people with special needs because it's such a need. Right. And Lynette t- would tell him what you used to do before this, your vocational track. Well, um, I taught school for seven years, um, four years after we got married. <clears throat> and then I, uh, when he was a pastor, well, I helped my father, who was a minister in, in his churches, with music and different, leading a choir and mm-hmm. playing the organ. Then um, I, I, as a teacher, um, I still was able to help my father. And then when we moved to Pleasant Hill from El Cerrito, where we were, um, then I, I was able to kind of even broaden my scope, start, start ministries for women and um, Bible studies and that type of thing. As it grew, I gave these dis- responsibilities to others after they were trained kind of and um so it was just a growing experience for me wow Mm -hmm. so what is in place for the ministry uh to to keep it going It, it that's a great question it's one of our prayer requests every day we are uh looking for someone to that we could mentor and uh and could uh when we're no longer able to continue 
uh, uh, doing the work that that person would be uh, able to take over. We, when we left our church, uh, we did the same thing. We had someone that uh, we mentored for over, uh, almost two years. Uh, and um, so we're praying and would appreciate uh, uh, prayers for that because we, we see this as something that we want to see happening until the Lord comes back. Amen. Amen. Well, and again, to reach out to Safe Harbor, you can either go online at uh, safeharborhas.org. That's safeharbor, H-A-S dot O-R-G. I believe Bill's number is 925-395-1998. That's yours. And and yours is 1997. So whether it's 1998 or 1997, you'll get one of the two. Again, 925-395-1998 or 1997 and safeharborhas.org. And it's interesting. My wife and I, it's uh, the last four digits is 7988 and 7999. Oh, I mean, good vines run in the same direction. There you go. See, it makes it easy. What, how, how about you and Caroline? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. You're, you're probably just one number off like those two. Oh. No, you two. <laughs> well, our Social Security is almost the same, so I can't, well, can't give go. that over the air. Yeah, no, nor would we want But to. I think of 1 Corinthians where he said that um, in the body of Christ, we ought to care for one another. And he actually entered into the emotional part of caring. He said, uh, if one's weeping, we have the ability to enter into that weeping. Yeah. And... Uh, and if it's uh, rejoicing, we can rejoice. Yeah. My dad used to say, you could get anybody to eat a steak dinner with you. It was just getting someone to weep with you yes. in the sorrows of life. Yeah. Well, and so and, uh, uh, this is a, uh, you know, we're caring for those that can't care for themselves. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And of all the one another's, uh, this one is, uh, boy, uh, understandably close to your guys' heart. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think for any of us who have children, we we could easily understand what this is all about. Hey, thank you guys for joining us here tonight on Lifeline. Thank you, thank you so much. It's we been a delight it. having you. Pastor Phil, once again, we've got another one in the books, brother. <laughs> so, we've been recording since this morning. Oh, yeah. my, my. So there you go. And uh, with that, we're going to call it a night. And thank you for joining us, adding your ears to this, uh, this whole get-together that we call Lifeline here on KFAX. Thanks again for joining us. Until next month when we'll do it again right after Thanksgiving. Until then. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.